Hi, I'm Leanne. I'm a light worker and a mother to three special girls. I strive to continue learning, growing, and to collect new skills. I'm a psychic medium, Reiki master teacher, and a Kashuk record reader and energy healer. I am so excited to share what I've learned and what I'm going to learn and the ups and downs of life. Thank you for joining me on my journey. Welcome to Life of a Lightworker podcast. Hello everyone, welcome. Today I have a wonderful guest. Her name is Eileen. She is an intuitive coach, a healer, a cyclical living guide, and retired midwife. Her calling in life has always been to empower compassionate and courageous women and some men to find more meaning, purpose, and fulfillment in their lives. She supports her clients in finding the courage to rest and learn how to prioritize their own needs without feeling guilty about it. As a cyclical living guide, Aline helps people reconnect with the wisdom of their bodies and the earth, tapping into the power there. Let's get to know Eileen a little better together. Thank you so much for coming, Eileen. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so ha- I haven't talked to you for a little while, so I'm really glad we get to catch up. I know. It's so nice to reconnect. Yeah. I, I want to learn so much more about you. I would love to start with your childhood, if that's okay. Sure. We can go there. Okay. So I would like to know where you grew up and so the location and also your favorite childhood memory. Sure. Oh, that's a good one. I love that. Um, I grew up in Canmore in Alberta. So in the mountains, I was lucky enough to be born and raised there uh, and lived there until I was 18 when I escaped to the big city (laughs) of Calgary. Um, And yeah, it was a really beautiful place to grow up. And as I was pondering these questions, uh, when you sent them over earlier today, I think the memory that stuck out for me that I've kind of been returning to a lot lately is of spending my summers at the riding club. My mom had horses growing up. She taught riding lessons. And I just used to spend hours roaming through the trees in the forest, building forts, sitting on the back of my pony for hours while she grazed, just laying there um, and really being in the moment in my body, with my animal, with nature. And that's, that's what came up when I was thinking about it today. Oh, that's beautiful. I can totally see you doing that. And like, (laughs) it just, that really brings in a big piece of you. I'm like, I can totally see you being just like a nature horse kid. Like that fits so well with what I know of you so far. That's beautiful. And would you say that that favorite memory is also your strongest memory? The one that Hmm. sticks out in your mind? I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. I have, I have lots and lots of memories of childhood. Um, but I would say the strongest memories, aside from the ones that are negative, like <laughs> when bad things happen, we tend to remember them. Um, but the strongest memories are the most memorable moments that that uh, stick with me tend to be based in nature and moments mm-hmm. of awe. Um, a family trip to Nova Scotia when I was like 12, I think, 13. 
was one of my, it, I, I told everybody, I was like, it's my favorite family vacation. And it really, it was the, the ocean and the trees and the beautiful scenery. Uh, I felt similarly when I was in Ireland late last year, just so much awe at the beauty that this earth offers up to us. Oh, that's beautiful. And that, I feel that that fits in so well with where you are right now in your life. Mm-hmm. It makes I sense. I don't think I could have pinpointed that even two years ago. I wouldn't have made the connection, but it obviously is coming up. <laughs> yeah, it kind of goes around in cycles, right? Yeah, cycles. Exactly. Cyclical lives is what mm-hmm. we have. <laughs> uh, for your spiritual journey from when you were a kid to now, what did that look like? That's an interesting question for me. I grew up an atheist, really. I grew up in a non-religious household. Although, as I reflect back, I think my mother holds some spiritual beliefs or um, it wasn't so black and white science as I, I think I thought it was. Mm. <laughs> uh, a really good example, when one of my mom's horses uh, passed away, she went to a medium to talk to him afterwards because she felt a bit bad about the whole way it went down. And I remember her telling me about it and me going like, are, what? Who are you? <laughs> but also thinking it was kind of cool. Um, I definitely had a lot of imaginary friends uh, who may or may not have been imaginary, I guess, I suppose, <laughs> now that I look back at it with this lens. And then in my in my middle years, like in my twenties, uh, I married a an, like a hardcore atheist. He was he had been raised in the Christian church and left with like you know the, the way that only somebody who really needed to slam the door on something can. And so while I had always had some curiosity around things like astrology, I really stuffed that part of me down for the whole length of my relationship with him, and then when that relationship ended, this whole new world started to blossom. It started with an astrology, like a horoscope app. And I was like, this, this is really accurate. Like this is creepy. (laughs) And I just got more and more curious and diving into it. Um, And my path led me to a spiritual teacher or mentor who happened to have been a midwife as well. I was a midwife. That was my, my previous career. And I started to uh, have one-on-one sessions with her. And then I entered into her year-long healers training program. Uh, She has a one year, or it's two years. I've done one year of this training program uh, called Wild Medicine Healers Training. And it opened my eyes in a way I never expected them to be opened. It's a bit bit vague, but... (laughs) It's just not what you expected. It was no. just mind blowing. Yeah. If you had talked to me two years ago, I would have told you that I'm a crazy person. <laughs> well, I like to say I'm a reformed atheist. Uh, I talk a bit about my my journey towards spirituality being like learning a new language almost. Yeah. It, well, it is a new language, and sometimes that language is intimidating. Totally. And I feel like such a newbie to the world. I very much embrace it, but I often run up against people who ask me if I know X, Y, Z, you know, thought leader in this sphere or thinker, or um, if I, what, what kind of healing energy healing do I do? And I don't really have an answer. I'm wild, wild medicine healing. (laughs) It's energy healing. It doesn't, 
fall into a category that I'm aware of. Um, and so, yeah, I often, I feel a bit out of like a fish out of water sometimes because I don't have the words, but I know that I'm meant to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel the same way that like your soul's called to this. You're shown how to do things. You're told like you learn the, how to, but not the words to speak it and to describe it. Yeah. And other people use this language that sounds unfamiliar when they're describing it, but you're really meaning the same thing on the main, on the base level. It's just right. how long they have been studying, but yeah. it's not always about how long you've been studying. That's mm-hmm. just, that's just your human knowledge. It's not your soul knowledge. Totally. Because your soul totally knows. Yeah. And I think it's cool. I've started um, talking to clients about this a bit where, you know, I kind of like that I'm a bit naive about some of these bigger principles and theories and ideas because it allows me to go in to people's energy when we're doing work together with a a clean slate. I don't have any preconceived ideas of what I should find or what I should be doing in there. It's, I go in with open curiosity, you know, that, that child's mind and, and really cool things come of it. Oh, yes. Well, that's perfect. Cause like the best healer, medium, anything is completely neutral. You don't have an, I, you don't have a wish for what the outcome might be. You're just there to let what happens happens. So that is absolutely perfect. Yeah. That's the ideal really. (laughs) Yeah. That's what, that's what we should all strive to do. I love it. Learning from the inside instead of just the outside. Right. Yeah. Letting that intuition guide. Exactly. What would you say to a person who was in your place, you say like five years ago or 10 years ago? I would say that the world offers so much more support and joy than you can possibly imagine if you let it. And I would probably share the practice that really started to shift my experience of the world, which is really simple. It's it's a morning gratitude prayer. I call in the creator, I call in my guides, um, animal helpers, those kinds of things. And I thank them. I set my intention for the day uh, being that of loving kindness is where I try to operate with everything. And I, I give gratitude for the things I have in my life. I, I ask for things for the people I love, uh, sometimes for myself. And that's how I start every day. And it takes just a few minutes, but it really, really sets the tone for my day and has totally shifted the way I move in the world. Oh, I love that so much. And like, I can just he- see in your face and just like the energy you admit when you talk about it. I'm just like, oh, yes, that <laughs> sounds amazing. Like, oh. I love that. Like whenever I'm awoken by myself, I try to visualize and think good intentions. You know, Mm -hmm. you get interrupted by little ones and then that Mm -hmm. goes out the window, but I try that, but I, I really, I like the way you describe it of bringing in everybody Mm -hmm. and giving gratitude to everybody. And I think I want to do that a little bit more of a expansive morning. Yeah. It's expansive. It's intentional. And it just calms me in a, mm. in a really nourishing kind of way in the morning. Yeah. It feels really grounded. Yeah, 
Totally. I usually do some sort of rooting exercise, a, a visualization of like that root dropping into the earth, or I do Mayan breathing, which is a, a technique where you you swoop your arms down from the, like you bend over mm-hmm. as you breathe in and you breathe all the energy in and then you release it to the sky and then you breathe into the sky and pull it down through your body. You do that a few times. That's awesome. It's a lovely way to, well, A, stretch out your back (laughs) in the morning and B, to really connect with the two energies that, you know, above and below. I do a visualization where I do that with my energy, but to actually Mm -hmm. do it in the physical and then combine them would be really potent, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any kind of added layer of involvement of our ourselves all the parts of ourselves deepens those kinds of practices for sure totally does completely agree with you on that I love it Mm -hmm. so what kind of services do you offer at the moment or what Mm. first tell me about your business what you do and then what you offer your clients yeah for sure so my business is my luminous life um and I settled on that name because I just love the imagery of light and mm-hmm. of a glowing, luminous <laughs> way of being in the world. Um, and I do a few, a kind of a mix of a few things. I do, I always offer um, straight up energy healing sessions. They're bookable all the time. You can come to me for a one-off healing session. I tend to recommend coming in for at least three sessions just because I feel as though transformation can't really start to take place unless we see each other a few times partly because of the way I work I I do save space at the beginning I always like to chat with whoever's coming in see what they're bringing to me see where they're feeling stuck or where they feel like they need some healing and just kind of get to know each other and then I always wrap up with 15 to 20 minutes at the end of describing what I found and then allowing the person to give some feedback and and engage with those findings because often I find that's where the magic is when we start to talk about oh oh that's interesting that that came up because xyz uh and so I feel like if we can have at least two or three sessions if not more we get to build on that knowledge and and really unlock more healing for people yeah get to work through the layers yeah exactly so yeah much like yourself you do a lot of kind of package things because it's more effective (laughs) um it's like yeah, you wouldn't go to, to a physio for one physio appointment. You need to go a few times. <laughs> well, yeah, like it, it really depends on the reason why you want to mm-hmm. go. But generally for like, if you're sore or something's a big problem that you need to address it, your body and energetically, you can't remove all of it at once. The only mm-hmm. let you do is the amount that is helpful for you. If you take away too much, it can actually be hurtful. Yeah, so exactly. like your body will only let you go so far each time. Totally. Yeah. So sometimes people come for one because they just want a little pampering and they want a reason to lie down for an hour. Mm-hmm. And that is okay. Yep. Um, and then sometimes, yeah, people will come for more. So that's one of one thing that I offer as a standalone. It's always there. Um, I also host Wheel of the Year ceremonies. So the Wheel of the Year is, it's a pagan um, tradition now, but it is based on long historical traditions uh, where we mark the equinoxes, we mark the solstices, and we mark the halfway points in between. I wouldn't consider myself a pagan, but I am Celtic descent. And so I look at the Celtic traditions and that those Wheel of the Year celebrations and ceremonies have been ongoing for centuries and centuries, if not millennia. So I host women's circles for those I do in person in Calgary, and I always host an online version as well, because I have 
people all over the place that want to join me for those. And they're a really beautiful way to just mark the changing of the seasons, get in tune with the energies of the seasons, set intentions, clear out old energy, and then of course, coming together with community. I think there's something so powerful in those circles and connections with other women. Oh, I love that. I love that. Like it's on the changes of the season where like you can clear away the old so that you can make way for the new. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Plant beautiful. Reflect all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that, so that's ongoing. Obviously there's eight of them every year, so they're not quite monthly, but uh, mm-hmm. every six or so weeks. And then I, um, I just launched by the time this airs, <laughs> I just uh, relaunched and renamed my kind of core offering, which is it's called rekindled. And it's either a six or 12 week program. So within the 12 weeks, there is also a six week. So you can opt for just the six weeks of community and it's uh, weekly Zoom meetings. And we, we uh, connect and talk and t- I teach about cyclical living. Um, we talk a lot about you know, good girl syndrome, uh, the work of motherhood, the things that are getting in the way of women being able to rest without guilt. Mm-hmm. This is this is my big passion in life is empowering women to rest for ourselves and for the world. Yeah. We really need it. Yeah. Um, and then the twelve week offer of that is just uh, you add on some one on one sessions with me. So it's you get the community, the six weeks of community, but you also get six one on one sessions with myself. That's awesome. I love when you said without guilt. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Is that you can I know from personal experience (laughs) it's like getting to the place where you can take time for yourself and not have guilt it took me way longer than it should have if I had somebody helping me and telling me it was okay and to kind of enforce that it's important it's not just okay yeah it would have made it a lot easier and wouldn't have been such a struggle internal struggle it wasn't really an outside struggle like my husband was like, go take time, go, right. You know, they're so just, much better at resting than we are because yeah. they haven't been raised to put everybody else's needs before their own, mm-hmm. which is what as women in this culture, we have the, the whole, you know, martyrdom, mother, motherhood equals martyrhood is mm-hmm. pretty typical. And, um, and then I add hustle culture and girl boss culture to all of that. And we are really, um, prone to pegging our worth on our productivity and it's just toxic and so I am here to remind people that you are a human and you are divine and that is why you deserve to rest and for no other reason than that and I'd go one further to say that you're not resting to be more productive you're resting because you deserve to rest Mm. (laughs) break the cycle (laughs) exactly like yeah I love that I love that because like, well, even because in my head, I'm I'm prone to go to you rest so that when you do show up, you can fully show up and not be depleted. But even if you don't need to energetically rest, you can still rest. Yes, exactly. And even if you don't need to show up, you can still rest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and yeah, if anybody's listening to this and this feels like it's really resonating, the doors to this closed on Tuesday, uh, but send me a message. Maybe it didn't fill up. I don't know yet. The time will tell. <laughs> and doesn't yeah. hurt to send you a message and just talk to you. Exactly. I'm always, I'm always 
love talking to new people or even just chatting and and offering little bits of uh, encouragement or advice or wisdom, um, you can always find me on Instagram and, and on my website. I've got my email on there too. Awesome. And I'll have everything in the show notes. Yeah, so yeah. They'll out. just click it and just yeah. t- start talking to you. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. So this could be one of your offerings or something outside of your work, but mm-hmm. what are you passionate about? What lights you up the most? Mm. Well, I mean, as I just said, definitely <laughs> empowering women to rest is a huge piece. And and part of how I do that is is that reconnection to the earth and the wisdom of the earth and the seasons. Um, I am a very passionate environmentalist. I have been since I was very young. You found me in grade five crying in frustration oh. over rainforest cutting down situations. Very ineloquent way of saying that. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> deforestation would be the word um (laughs) but uh yeah so I think that that those two passions are I'm finally figuring out how to bring these two sides together I mentioned I was a midwife I don't know if I mentioned I was a midwife I think you said in the very beginning but I knew that already but you tell everyone else (laughs) Um, and yeah I went into that career because I wanted to empower women to take charge of their own pregnancy journeys, to trust in the natural process of pregnancy and birth and postpartum. And I left that career because I was burnt out, but I still hold that passion for empowering women to re-embody themselves. And I think that our greatest teacher and tool in doing that is that reconnection to the earth and the land, because you just can't Take, you can't take them apart and be healthy. Mm-hmm. Oh man, in an ideal world without the regulations of the healthcare system, oh, oh you would be like amazing at like helping people through their pregnancy and then their birth and then afterwards when they're like learning how to be a mother and taking time for themselves. And oh, yeah. I, I, dang, very much am sad about the way that midwifery has to function within the system yeah certainly the magic of it I I can't remember the number of times that I wanted to tell somebody I think that you'd be fine to do this or please do this but I had to tell them something different because it was the standard of care and if I didn't say I have to recommend you do xyz and something did go wrong and my intuition hadn't been right that it was fine for them to decline these recommendations, um, then I'd be sued. And so it really, it makes it harder to trust birth for everybody, for the, for the women, for the midwives. And it takes away some of that magic. It was, it was draining for sure in that yeah. regard. Yeah. That's kind of like, it's soul crushing when you can't, when, when outside forces impose those boxes mm-hmm. and don't let you be yourself and listen to your soul mm-hmm. and, and like what you know yeah, in your bones and trust the women to know what their bodies can do yeah and they can't trust themselves because all we get about birth is fear there's so exactly. much fear need and... like a strong reprogramming beforehand <laughs> yes I you know maybe that's my <gasps> calling maybe it's 15 year olds and being like hey 
here's the, here's the thing. <laughs> That's well, actually why I ended up a midwife. My mom, I have a very early memory. Speaking of early memories. Yeah. Um, I remember my mom, when we'd watch movies, if there was a birth scene, it's always the woman screaming down the aisle, like the hall. And my mom would always turn to me and say, it's not like that. And then I remember as a really young kid, if there was a movie I was watching with my friends and there was a birth scene, I would turn to my friends and be like, it's not like that. <laughs> like, as if I knew. <laughs> I just trusted. Yeah. I trusted that it wasn't like that. And I found out after I became a midwife that my grandmother actually had hoped to become one. She never did. She was a nurse. And my mom actually considered it as well. So it was a career that was meant for me. I come from a line of wise women, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I really that. appreciate the journey that I was able to take through that career. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you, well, I had a midwife with one of my kids and it was mm. wonderful. And I can just tell from being around you that I think you would have been amazing thank you bringing the calmness and the self-sure like you're so sure of yourself and just it would have made a very lovely experience thank you I really loved doing it until I didn't well yeah (laughs) like it's not the actual giving birth and supporting the women it's everything else yeah it was very much everything else the whole system just was not set up to support us and it yeah it wasn't sustainable for me yeah so now you have your own business and you can make your own system mm-hmm. so that you can help the people do things the way you're called to help them without having all these regulations in place. Yeah, Alberta Health Services be damned. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'm not, I don't fall within your guidelines anymore. <laughs> yeah, you can't stop me. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, so you said your program is about uh, six and 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. What are your plans either during that time or further? What's what's ahead f- for you? Yeah, sure. Um, I definitely intend to continue running the six-week program kind of ho- not quite back-to-back. With, I, I need a breather in between often. There's a lot mm-hmm. of space to hold. Um, but it's it's likely that it'll run every 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 12 week offering, it kind of goes in line with that, but it's not quite as rigid because it is one-on-one. And so it might not be 12 weeks for somebody. It might be 16. It might be a little more flexible because they're booking those appointments based on their schedules and not on when I've set these group, small group, I must add, there are six mm-hmm. women max in each of these oh, uh, pods. So it is, it is a not a big vulnerable zoom room with 30 people on there. Um, so I'll I'll continue to run these. I also want to turn um, Rekindled into a passive course that people can take at their own leisure. And so that would be obviously at a lower price point, which is nice, a little more accessible for people. Um, continuing to run the Wheel of the Year ceremonies, continuing to offer free masterclasses. Um, I actually just wrapped up I called it spring break. It was five days of guided visualizations. That was a little free offer for people to get to know me and experience some of the the healing work I do in the form of visualizations. Um, I always start all of my calls, not for energy healing specifically, because we're doing a lot of healing quiet, but all of my uh, coaching calls, if I'm doing more coach and less healing, and all of my rekindled calls with a guided visualization that I lead the group or the single person through. So that's a nice taste of what I offer. Uh, and then Restmas is coming back. 
<laughs> I don't know if you saw my, there's 21 days of rest at the beginning yep. of December. Um, and so that will be coming back again. It's sure. perfect. It's what we need. Yes. Everybody. And it's like, yeah. And even something like right after Christmas where it's like, it was crazy. Let's mm-hmm. reset. Yeah, would be like right. something that's needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe another little five day visualizations every day. Yeah. <laughs> to get out of the <laughs> craziness that was Christmas. Right. Just... Process and decompress. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I want to know more about how you do your energy healings or what you experience when you are doing these healings. Because like you said, it is a really broad term. Mm-hmm. Everyone does it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. But what do you personally experience? Like, do you see things? Do you feel things? What is going on in your body and your client's body when this is happening? Like typically. That's a great question. I love chatting about this because I'm always curious for others as well. I think we all experience it a little differently, especially depending on how we've trained and what, what we've experienced. Um, it, it's a tiny bit different every time, but I, at the beginning, it's, um, I go into, or at least I send my energetic body into, it's a big space and it's black, but it's not scary or dark, if that makes sense. Yeah, yes, and totally. I approach the energetic body of the person that has given me permission to work on them. And often I'll do my first assessment there and it's visual for me in that space, for sure. It's like I'm seeing the person and their energetic body. Um, and sometimes they'll they'll tell me things or show me things there that are an overarching theme that we need to work on. The other day I went in and somebody was like dancing, but it was frantic. It was really frantic. Didn't look like she was having much fun. Um, and so then I'll usually step back from that situation a bit and and work on their energetic body in front of me. And I often will see their body and their chakras. Sometimes I'll just feel it. I do a lot of laying on of hands onto their energetic body. And for your listeners, I do all of my healing over Zoom for the most. I've done a few in person, but because of the nature of the times and where yep. my clients are, this happens over Zoom. Um, and sometimes I, yeah, sometimes I will um, help to shift energy if it's stagnant or pour energy into places. Very rarely do I work with cords, and that's a common one people all know about. Oh, cord cutting. In the training that I took, we talked more about helping people uproot their own cords if they're ready rather than simply cutting them, because mm-hmm. often if we cut them without acknowledging what's at who or what or who is at the other end and they just grow back and so getting the person to lovingly remove that cord if it's appropriate um lots of visuals though certainly and every now and then it's less common for me but somebody will show up or something a guide or a or a spirit animal will show up um though that is not not my first I guess strength I suppose it doesn't happen often but if there's a really strong presence sometimes they have messages directly um, yeah, usually my messages are more, um, intuitive hits about the body. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, so much about the body. It makes yeah. sense that they're using your personal knowledge mm-hmm. to help the client. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> I, I do know an awful lot about the body. <laughs> yeah. Like you could be like, oh, there's a problem with this specific spot because you've learned about that. Yeah. 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 So they're just using your dictionary. 
Right. I love that framing. Thank you. I love <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they can only use what you have experienced or learned about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course that makes sense. There's no, yeah. there's, there's no other way. <laughs> That's how, that seems so intuitive. Otherwise you can't, yeah, it, well, they can give you things, but it's like, I don't know what this means, but you say yeah. it and you're like, oh, this is strange. Yeah. But it's so much easier when you understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love how clairvoyant you are. You just see things so clearly. Yeah, that is definitely my my strongest. And I, and so I do a lot of my work with my eyes closed because mm-hmm. I don't like being distracted by the external stimuli yeah. either. Um, sometimes I'll use props. Sometimes I have, I'm drawn to pull in a crystal or pull some cards from a deck. Um, I had a pendulum, it broke. That's <laughs> so like, must be bad luck, but it's fine. No, no, I like, I know a lot of people say like, oh, when your crystals break, it's like they're done or whatever. I fully believe that if a crystal is just on your wall, breaks, okay, yeah, maybe. But when you drop it, you know, your crystal chose you even though they know you're you're clumsy. Yeah, yeah. I had it in the top pocket of my overalls and I forgot and I took them off to go pee and it hit the tile floor and I was like, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) Epoxy. Yeah, I did, it was so sharp, and the oh, little shards. Were, uh, okay, and I, it was gone. It was, it was gone. gone. I laid it yeah. to rest. Okay. Oh, that's sad. I buried I was, it. I was gonna say mine. This is my favorite working one. I have a few. Mm. I have dropped it a couple times, and I fixed it twice. There's like two separate broken parts, and every time I'm like, I'm so sorry. Do you forgive me? And it's like, yeah. I'm like, can I still work with you? Yeah. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, you know what? You know, sometimes life just happens, and oh. If your crystal didn't want to work with you, despite the chance of it being broken, it would not have chosen you. Certainly. And it was under a lot more pressure being formed than you can ever cause it discomfort. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Yeah. Some things, some things don't always have to have meaning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some things just happen and it's okay. Yeah, certainly. I we can move on. I definitely feel that way. It's easy in this world to get overly wrapped up in the meanings of everything. And mm-hmm. it's so true. Sometimes things have meaning, but most of them have the meaning we assign to them. And so if it's something that feels like you could make it overly significant, maybe just don't. <laughs> it could have a very simple, simple meaning of, you know yeah. what? I need you to pay more attention to where it is. Try not to drop me again. Yeah, exactly. Like it could be little and not couldn't doesn't have to be in something the worst possible situation. <laughs> yeah. Like so like yeah, listening to your intuition to kind of figure that out is also important mm-hmm. to gauge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For me. Intuition again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, gotta listen to the gut. Smart. <sighs> I actually was listening to a podcast the other day where um they were saying something like 2.5 kilos of our body weight are living things that are not ourselves isn't that so gross I, I haven't heard the exact figure but I was like I remember learning that there's like so much of you isn't you yeah I'm just like yeah yeah you're not you we're not we're not independent we are interdependent yeah. even mm-hmm. as a single person we are interdependent yeah. uh which is another thing I like to talk about a lot it's part of yeah. the the reason we can't rest is because of that hyper independence um that mm. this culture has instilled in us and it's so 
counter to who and what we are. Yeah. Well, that's just made like our souls Mm -hmm. come from source. We're all part of source. So together we are source. Mm -hmm. One on our own is not nearly as potent as together. So why wouldn't it be that way here? Yeah. Yeah. Such a good point. Like that just popped in my head when you said that. I'm like, yeah, that makes complete sense. We're not supposed to be alone. No. That's why we're drawn to each other. Otherwise, I know people like to be hermits sometimes, but. Every now and then. Yeah. Alone time, but (laughs) we are social creatures. Yeah. Within community, like that's where we thrive. Yes. A hundred percent. I agree with you in every respect. The people that are going to be going into your programs, Mm -hmm. specifically the six week, 12 week. Mm-hmm. what do you envision them to come out as? So the person mm-hmm. that's going into it and then the transformation for when they leave, mm-hmm. what do you hope that this transition, that transformation will occur? Yeah. So I envision, I mean, the people who are going to be called to it, um, feeling overwhelmed, anxious, stressed, burnt out, probably a lot of them, that sense of you know, just barely staying afloat in survival mode, treading water, all of these <laughs> words mean the same thing. Um, and the transformation that I hope people to leave with, um, it's, I, it's a, a, an imagining. So imagine waking up feeling rested, connected, joyful, and at ease. Mm. And so that's the shift. That's I actually wrote an email <laughs> that is coming out or has come out already um, that talks about how, you know, there's so many programs out there these days offering or promising massive transformations. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I think about that, I actually feel like that is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Change is scary for humans. We're, we're supposed to not like change because change is unknown and the unknown could be unsafe. And so our really primitive brains want to keep us where we are, even if where we are is deeply uncomfortable. And so sometimes when you hear these big, huge promises of massive transformation, it might actually push people away or it might just feel too good to be true. And sometimes it really is. And so I talked a little bit about what about more subtle, gentle shifts that accumulate over time to create a lasting change. And so that's what I hope that my people are coming out of the Rekindled program with are an accumulations of gentle, supported shifts that create a change. I'm not promising night and day. I'm promising the first steps on the path to living a more rested life, having the courage to rest and knowing you deserve it. I love that. Having the courage to rest, know that you deserve it. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's, that's a, that's a piece of gold right there. Yeah, it's <laughs> my title of my book. Will oh, be perfect. Courage to rest. I'm trying to tell as many people as possible so that I can hold myself to it. And I've already bought the URL. So, <laughs> well, there you go. I'll, uh, I'll keep checking on you once in a while. So how's the book coming along? Yeah, <laughs> yeah please do. I, uh, I actually get to go to a writer's retreat in New Orleans in May with Sarah Canal. So hopefully you get like a good start. I know I want a ticket. I'm so excited. Oh my God. Yeah. So excited. 
like <laughs> that is so I'm so excited for you thank you oh I, my god I feel like it's a bit surreal right now I I was in one of her freebie classes and you know she put up the thing saying and anybody who hasn't already bought their ticket for New Orleans pop your name in the chat if you can come and my brain was like well I can't I don't know if I can really afford to take the time and you still have to pay for the plane ticket and stuff but I was like you know what I'm gonna put my name in and if I win I'm supposed to be there and I won <laughs> Oh, I'm supposed to be there. Yes. Thank you, universe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That is definitely on the horizon. So is a podcast, actually, as we're speaking. Awesome. I I, uh, definitely plan that one. That one has a name too. And um, yeah, I wonder if I'll keep that one a secret or not. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think I will. I'll share it at your leisure. We'll have to keep our eye out for you. Yeah, exactly. I don't know exactly when that's coming, but hopefully within that's the next okay. few months, we'll hear the first episode. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you have an idea of what it will be? Is it going to be specifically about cyclical living or just everything that you've experienced and continue to experience? Yeah, it will certainly be based in the cyclical living and and rest and how those two are woven together. Um, topics that I'm I'm grappling with personally or around these like greater themes of rest and the cycles of the earth. Um, I'll probably be sharing my whatever current fascination. I read a ton and I listen to not a ton, a ton of podcasts, but the ones that really make my brain light up and fire and think about new ideas and go, oh my gosh, I would write that down. And so likely there will be things like that on there as well. And, and then guests eventually, I haven't, I haven't fully decided, but I have recorded an intro. Well, that's awesome. Well, you're already like, you're already like dedicated yourself to it. So it's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) that's so awesome. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. This is so awesome. I can really, I love the sound of your voice. You have a really nice tone. So I can imagine listening to you a lot. Thank you. I appreciate that. I do. You're welcome. I do think that some of my healing energy healing is in my voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have that didn't occur to me until a client said, I think you do your healing with your visualizations. And Mm -hmm. that's what prompted me to create more offerings where I share that because I think it's a really natural way for me to share what I have to offer in in an easy and accessible way for people as well to, to start to get to know me. Yeah. I love that. Perfect. Well, like I've been recently learning about like light language and like dipping my toes in Mm. and it's more than just the, you know, stereotypical light language, just talking, Mm -hmm. just regular music is, it's the vibration of your voice. Right. It's doing the work, right? Yeah. So yeah, my, my podcasting and my, um, and my guided visualizations, I like to call it my labor voice mm. <laughs> because <laughs> I definitely have different voices I use oh, for yeah. different scenarios. We all do. Um, and yeah, my soothing voice is the same voice I would use with women in labor, <laughs> unsurprisingly. And you have so much experience with that. <laughs> yeah, it's an easy place for my for my voice to go because it's like, okay, we're going to calm the room down <laughs> and oh. it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can totally, I can totally picture that working. And I'm like, again, I'm brought back to I'm like, dang, I wish I was one of your patients. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, but like, 
I'll just digress. That's just my own personal oh, opinions. Gosh. What, um, how amazing I know you are. And I just hope everybody can get a chance to experience you at some point in whatever ways that they are able to. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, uh, I want to be able to touch as many lives in a positive way as I can. That's truly the foundation of why I do this work. Well, that's amazing. And just your light alone affects so many other people. Thank you. I likewise, right, like right back at you. <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, gee, gosh. <laughs> I wish you could see the recording of yeah. us just blushing back and forth. Yeah, I was like, oh, gosh, oh, you. <laughs> that's the fun part of recording podcasts is we can see each other. And I talk with my hands a lot. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's funny when I'm showing something in a podcast mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, I guess I really do need to describe it with words or nobody's going to know what I'm trying to get across. Yeah. You're like, hmm, I can't just show you. I have to use, <laughs> I got to use my voice. Mm-hmm. And then you get interesting phrases like rainforest chopping down isms. <laughs> well, I understood it though. Yes. I got you. I got what you were putting down. So it's all good. Oh uh, yeah. I'm sure everybody else did too. <laughs> There's no, I firmly believe there's no need to be eloquent and you don't need to say things perfectly in Mm -hmm. order for people to understand you. I agree. The beauty of English language is that you can say things in totally quote unquote incorrect ways. You're still intelligible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't have to, doesn't mean that you're like quote unquote stupid or anything. It's just the way the energy worked in the moment. Exactly. (laughs) And words and and nerves too. Mm-hmm. The word goes away, then you panic that you've forgotten the word, and then you're definitely not getting that word back. It's gone. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, that's the same thing with like intuition or like connecting to anything. As soon as you start to like panic or like get into that vibration, it's over. Yeah, it's gone. That's it's not go- for you yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like no, that that connection is no longer you're not high enough to grab that and you're low now so yeah that's an interesting um an interesting segue back into the energy healing piece is that listening to intuition um it can be so hard because our brains get on board and Mm -hmm. sometimes sometimes I'm grateful for my lack of long learnings in this area yet I mean eventually I won't be saying this because I'll still be doing this I'm sure in 10, 20 years. Um, and sometimes my like thinking brain is like, oh, but you're an imposter. You don't know what you're doing. What are you doing? And <laughs> yes. So it's it's an interesting balance. I usually I always have to take a pause and be like, nope, you have enough feedback and proof that this is real. You're doing a great job. Um, mm-hmm. that you can quell that little voice. But sometimes more knowledge is better, and sometimes more knowledge is actually harder to get around and listen into for all your listeners I'm pointing at my guts right now yeah (laughs) well like it's so true like you can get so into your head either Mm -hmm. way Mm -hmm. it's that's the hardest part is staying out of your head certainly just like the way I visualize it it's just like taking my human self putting it aside and being like as much soul as possible Mm -hmm. like allow that connection to flow and everything else can just like step to the side for right now because like oh you can have your opinions later (laughs) 
think having practiced um, as a meditator for many years now has really helped me in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, yeah, I've had a fairly regular with, you know, the odd hiccup here and there meditation practice for the last, I want to say five years. And so mm-hmm. that is what I use that training in that side of things and being able to, the thoughts are going to come and go, but let them pass without clinging or grasping onto them. Um, has been very helpful as I've moved into this new line of work. Yeah, totally. That's, mm-hmm. it's, that's really what it is. Cause like, you'd be like, yeah, nope, sorry. Later. I mean, yeah. Cause yeah, you can't stop them. No, it just, just happens. float on down the stream. Yeah. Just, well, you have to grab ass. onto the ones Carry that on. you're supposed to grab. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then let the other ones go. Yeah, and definitely. And that's just the way it is. And sometimes you grab the wrong one and that's okay. It happens. Totally is. Yeah. It's, it's forgiving work that's for sure well yeah like nobody's perfect and then I think when people start to not forgive themselves for getting something wrong mm-hmm. that's another that's another block that kind of pulls you down and stops you from reaching up because nobody's gonna get it all the time no of course not and and some days will be easier than others just like in any kind of work you have your on days you have your not so on days and yeah, it's cyclical do a great job yeah it's cyclical exactly yep. everything is cyclical yep <laughs> yeah and I guess um that's one thing we could I could add here as we as we come to kind of uh, wrapping up in the next little bit is what what even I mean by cyclical living because I think I keep talking about it we've mentioned mm-hmm. it a few times but not everybody knows what I mean I put up an Instagram poll recently and like a bunch of people said yes I know and a bunch of people said I think so <laughs> and right. a bunch of people said no I don't know what the heck you're on about um and so for anybody curious who's listening it's it's layers of cycles but as I primarily work with women I talk a lot about the menstrual cycle I do work with some women who are menopausal and so they're not cycling anymore and in that case I lean more on the the moon cycles which are menstrual cycles mirror the energy ebbs and flows of those cycles are mirror images uh the majority of women cycle with the moon in that they ovulate at the full moon and they bleed around the new moon um and then there's the larger cycles there's our seasonal cycles and the seasons mimic those same energy highs and lows winter is your period and the new moon and summer is ovulation and the full moon and then there's the seasons of life. So you have maiden, mother, and crone, which most people have heard about, and and working with the different energies that those seasons of life bring as well. So bringing them all together and seeing how we can make our lives flow with more ease by harnessing those energies instead of fighting against them is, is a big piece of my work. Yeah. And that's like all those energies exist anyways. Yeah. You can either fight them or go yeah, with them. Exactly. And our world is built on a man's hormonal energy cycle, which mm-hmm. resets every 24 hours. And women's is about 28 days, give or take, depending on what your cycle is. So yeah. uh, it makes so much sense why we are exhausted and burning out at an alarming rate. Yeah, We're not meant to go all day at full force. It just doesn't make sense. No. When, you, when you take it down to the basic, it doesn't make sense. It's no. just resetting what we've been programmed to do right yeah that's the hard part yeah yeah hard we've we've grown up not believing that we deserve to rest and not having those permissions and overcoming those 
long held, very deep seated and societal norms too. Um, it takes work and it takes exposing them and mm -hmm. digging into our stories that we're telling ourselves. And, and so working through those kinds of layers and uncoverings and stories, it's so amazing to see people shed some of those beliefs and start to lean into um, being able to take care of themselves. Yeah. And, and feeling like it's kind to other people to do so. Yeah. That's a good part. Like, yeah, feeling like it's kind to other people to listen to yourself. That's that's a hard one for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's huge. Mm -hmm. One of my clients I'm... actually laughed, it laughed in my face when I told her boundaries were a kind thing. She was like, ah, what do you mean? Because <laughs> boundaries are the foundation of rest. We talk a lot about them. And she just, yeah. she couldn't understand how a boundary could be kind to somebody mm -hmm. else. And it was really neat to watch. It was like, a, I feel like I just pulled the, the veil off something for her. Cause we went from that one week and the next week she came back and I was like, so how are you sit, like sitting with this boundary stuff? She's like, oh, I'm great. I've been setting boundaries at home. My eldest child has congratulated me and said, they're so proud of me. <laughs> it was oh, so cool. That's yeah. so awesome. Oh, that's so exciting. Mm. I love, yeah. It's amazing seeing those. All you did, well, you just said one little thing. That made a huge difference. World of difference. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you can walk these people through this process. Thank you. And yeah, use your, well, all your knowledge, but also your intuition to guide them where you feel that they would be most benefited. Mm -hmm. Most benefit from what you know. Yeah. It's so nice to be able to not only trust my intuition, but follow it. Mm -hmm. because that's what midwifery didn't let me do I had the intuition I had a lot of intuition and knowing especially in the last few years of my practice because I I was comfortable I knew my stuff but I couldn't always follow it yeah. and that was what hurt so this yeah. is a this is better <laughs> it's soul expanding yeah yeah it lights you up I can just you're just illuminating <laughs> <laughs> your name fits you Mm, thank you <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for joining me I'm so glad we could talk and I'm glad I learned a little bit more about you yeah and I'm really excited for all this new stuff coming up and I'll definitely be on your case about your book <laughs> thank you thank <laughs> you so much for having me on it was a, a real pleasure to chat and and share my story and my why awesome well thank you so much you're welcome. Bye. Bye.